cars are burning, women and children are screaming. I'm pushing this guy up into the boat. I'm standing in waist deep water, and I kind of feel like like there's like a hand on my shoulder, you know, like hey, it's a good time, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's a Kodak moment. <laughs> Game of Life, Bill Hart, behind-the-scenes life of a Navy SEAL. As a Navy SEAL, what is the craziest story? If I just say crazy story, Navy SEAL, what comes to your mind first? Hit the audience with just a punch oh. in the mouth. Dude, yeah, there were there was – I mean, I was in for 20 years, so there were so many crazy things that happened. Um, right. I mean, I guess if I had – if I had – look at one time that uh that i was like wow i can't believe this because oh i mean like kind of a little background i came from a small town and there are there are some guys that grow up like you know your dad was a seal team guy or your dad worked for the agency or something so you kind of you know you know what to expect you you know you know where your career is going to go i was a guy from a small town you know and just kind of almost stumbled into this into this scene um but i got to do a whole lot of cool stuff but one time we did uh I don't, I don't know if anybody remembers it now, but in, at the end of 2002, December of 2002, there was a, a boat coming out of North Korea carrying Scud missiles and heading for Yemen. And um, it came down that, hey, uh, well, I got pulled in and they said, hey, we might want to intercept this, you know, so it's probably going to go to a national level asset like, you know, Team 6 or whatever. And, and uh, so – they'll probably get it, but you know, you need to be ready for it. So say, all right. So we go out and tell the boys, Hey, uh, we might get this, you know, so let's pull out some of the equipment and it's probably not going to go to us, but let's just be ready. So like, no sooner did I say this and the boss comes running out and he's screaming like, we're going, we're going, man, get everybody. So I'm like, Oh, I'm losing my mind. And, uh, so it was really like, have your stuff ready, get on the bus. We're out of here. Like in half an hour. So uh, we flew out of Kuwait, like on a moment's notice, bounced out to um, we bounced out to a ship in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And like I legit got off of this helicopter wearing Levi's and a bar shirt <laughs> from Thailand. And I was like, dude, I'm James Bond for a day. I was stoked. Um, we ended up like actually not getting to do the gig, which was a little bit of a downer. But it, it was like floating around in the middle of, of uh, the Indian Ocean with nothing but a, a bar shirt from thailand you know like it, it was it was pretty weird uh, that was kind of uh before the war kicked off that was kind of the first point that i was like wow man i really am at the pointy end of the spear here it's kind of cool well, yeah that is an amazing story and i'm sure you have I mean, millions of others that we could talk all day about but before we do all right welcome back to the game of life podcast we've got jeremy lynn on jeremy what's going on the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. He's like the eye of the hurricane because in the middle of the hurricane, it's really calm. And so Michael never tried to stop all the madness around him. What he learned was he just got calm in the middle of it. Stealing that pass at Staples, I was like, dude. Like <laughs> you know? Yeah. Give Kobe a little glance after that. What's up? Uh, you want to be that person that when they walk into a room, that people are happy to see you. Talk to me about working with Ronaldo. You helped coach Ronaldo to become a great sleeper. A human test tube. 
thank you, man. I, I, <laughs> I think that's like one notch up from being a human guinea pig. They'll take it. In a good uh, way. And I just pray, man. Like, I just pray and I just thank God for, for everything. The moment you realized, man, I'm in the NBA. Oh, man, that was from day one. That was the, the, the day I got drafted when I heard my name being called. Buckle up. The Game of Life podcast coming at you, where we bring to you the behind-the-scenes lives of NBA players, business-savvy entrepreneurs, and top-level performers in all fields of personal development. The podcast that helps you become the best version of you. Yeah, just jumping into the, the middle of the ocean in, uh, in your Levi's, about ready to do combat. I don't think I've ever came close to that. So, yeah. <laughs> That wins that, that that wins the battle on that. Um, as twenty years as a SEAL operator and, and working in over sixteen countries throughout the Middle East and throughout Southeast Asia, and you have your master's degree and currently almost done with your PhD as well, correct? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm uh, all but dissertation on that, but I, I had to take a little break, man, because I was uh, I was doing that on GI Bill. And, you know, I mean, you get a little money out of the GI Bill, but it's like after a while, you know, you got to start focusing on rent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that's that's very impressive, man. Literally, there is nothing that you don't do, it seems like. Can you give the audience a background on yourself and, and kind of how you got to where you are today? You, you spoke on you grew up in a small town. Um, just, yeah, give the audience a little background on yourself to get to know you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I grew up in a in a pretty small town. Like uh, it's it's Victorville, Hesperia. It's like this little desert area in Southern California, and it's kind of like if you were in L.A. and you're driving to Vegas and you break down, <laughs> this is where you'll probably get stuck. So, it's, so I've probably been to your hometown before then. That's that? I've probably been to your hometown because that has happened to me before. So, so there you, know you go. From. Yeah, <laughs> you know the place. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, man. I um I graduated high school in 1990 and uh. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do, you know, and um, like I'm, I'm a high school kid with no experience, you know, like there isn't really a quota for getting me, you know, through the doors to a job. So I kind of wandered around for a little while and um, I got a gig as as a lifeguard at a pool and uh, I was just kind of hanging out. And this was like obviously this is like before Internet, but somebody had left uh, one of these old muscle and fitness magazines, you know, the deal with like, hey, you know, hit a little steroid action and yeah. get Gigantico and maybe work out a little. <laughs> so I'm reading through this, but they had an article about the teams. And uh, and I was like, yeah, I could, I'll try that out. You know, like it's the stupidest approach to, to anything, you know, doing something with your life. Like, yeah, I saw it in a magazine. You know, I'll try it out. <laughs> yeah. So I showed up and uh, I was like, yeah, I want to try this. And the, the recruiter kind of looks at me like, what do you? what are you even thinking, man? Like nobody really gets in there. I was like, well, somebody's got to, you know, I'll try it out. So, all right. So I showed up, man. And, um, I was, uh, I had an Olympic alternate. I had the Navy athlete of the year and I had an all American cross country runner out of, or some of the guys in my class. And then, you know, like me, like just some Yahoo, like, yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> um, so it took me about a year to get through there, but I, uh, I ended up getting through. And, um, so I did, uh, I went to, I, I got to my first team in 1995 and, um, it was, there was, you know, obviously there's no war on, uh, so I just bounced around a little bit, ended up going to language school, did Japanese, which has served me really well. <laughs> like I've never even been to Japan, oh, but wow, uh, man, I go to Japan all the time and I'm trying to learn Japanese. 
It's That's, not easy, man. It's not I think easy make at it all. On purpose. Well, you got to come. You got to come over there with me sometime. We could hang out, order great food with all the Japanese that you know. I'm into it. Well, I mean, now I can probably like you know, as say I don't know where my hotel is or something. But yeah, <laughs> uh, That's is that what they say before they eat a great meal? Given yeah, itadakimasu. Yeah. yeah, or hatsuzaimaste. Nice to meet you. Yeah. So, yeah. And then when you get done and, and you say, oh, got you so some of that stuff. So some, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was a delicious feast. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I study is food, Japanese words. That's all I <laughs> Well, keep going. Sorry to interrupt you on that. I was oh, no excited worries, about man. your Japanese background. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, from there, I, uh, I was at Team 3 when uh, well, I was standing in the operations office at, at SEAL Team 3 when the towers came down on 9-11. Wow. And, um, you know, up to that point, there was actually there was actually a little bit of talk of like, you know, maybe the SEAL teams and the whole special operations concept, like maybe this is the Ferrari we have parked in the garage that we're really never going to get to drive. Like, you know, maybe we should think about trimming down on this, you know, and we were you're really like trying to validate your existence up till then. Um, and when that came down, you know, we were all standing there and we we're like, all right, man, you want to get it on? We're going to do it now. And um, we were ready to rock. Wow. Yeah, I think your uh, existence was very well validated. That I can't even imagine the impact that had um, for you personally as, as well. Um, did you ever feel like any times that, that you were on, on the teams that you felt like your life was like really in jeopardy? Like, you're like, okay, this mission and I might not come back? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, honestly, it's the training is probably a lot. And any team guy will tell you, like the training is probably a lot more dicey than the actual job i mean it, uh, a lot of times i mean and granted there are some times in, in combat where you're like dude this might be the end of the show um wow. but in training uh i mean it's it's almost a constant and they brief you before every evolution this is an inherently dangerous training evolution you may suffer injury or death da, 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 da. now here are your here are your safety guidelines and so on so i mean i've had uh I've uh, fallen off a cliff, been thrown out of a moving vehicle, uh, got wrapped up with another jumper during a free fall jump, and um, managed to get my reserve parachute out with about three seconds before I turned into raspberry jam. Oh, my gosh, man. You, like, literally you were going really down. Unusual. You... I really came out lucky. I mean, oh. I got away lucky. A lot of guys, even guys I put through training are like, I talked to him now. I talked to a guy, like, yesterday. It was like, yeah, I broke both my ankles. I got screws up and down my legs. So I'm out, out now, and I'm looking for work. So, I mean, I got out pretty lucky. Holy smokes. Yeah, there is a reason God has kept you on this planet for sure after that. Wow. Yeah, you definitely have a purpose here, man. And and yeah. I know I know what your purpose is. We'll talk even more about that later. But you were literally like three seconds away from being like tomato splash on the ground. Yeah, it Holy was not a good smokes. deal. I mean, you— <laughs> yeah, that's not a good day. I can't even imagine what was going through your mind. Pull, 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 pull. <laughs> At least you could think that. I wouldn't have been able to think that that situation. Shoot, I get an ingrown toenail and I'm out for three, four days. Yikes. Yeah, it was a downer. Uh, so talk to the audience, too. I'm really interested in about that type of training. I'm a nut for crazy type of training. I know that's above and beyond anything that I've ever done. What kind of training are you guys doing, like, in specific, that is just, like, basically the SEAL life-threatening training? Oh, I mean, the stuff you do in the teams is, uh, 
I mean, you're training. The, the idea here is to get into combat and that, that uh, I don't know how you could compare it. You know, I mean, like if you've ever been in a car accident or if you've ever been mugged or any of those things where all of a sudden things start happening really, really fast and you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And you're not quite sure what's going on. It's like combat is like that, like times 10. And it doesn't matter how much you practice it. It's going to be that way. It's going to get weird. But the idea is that you're trained up to a point where you recognize that coming down the tracks and you go, all right, man, I know what's happening here. I know what I need to do. And then you can do it. And it sucks that that comes at at the price of, you know, sometimes people get hurt. But uh, at the end of the day, what you get as a product is we go into combat and everybody, you know, us and them, they're going to you're going to be, oh, my God, oh, my God. But you know what you're doing and you come out on top. And for us, like every time. So that, that that's really cool because it goes right along with professional sports is you get thrown in just crazy situations and boom, you got to just uh, just react on the fly and be able to succeed in the most difficult situations. And yeah. that's exactly with professional sports and exactly with like the NBA, which I focus mainly on and, and where we met at an NBA game. Because you guys work yeah. with basically every professional sports team that there is and and you created the Acumen Performance Group. Can you talk? Can you talk to the audience more about what that is and why it's so important that these professional teams um, are able to utilize this type of combat training? Yeah, well, uh, the way we kind of got into this was um, when I was getting ready to retire out of uh, out of the Navy. There was me and a couple other guys were working in an office called Recruiting Director, and we didn't actually go and recruit for the SEAL teams, but. The idea here was you're kind of a TV commercial. So you go to high schools and colleges and what you're trying to do is get the right guy through the door. You know, the guy that understands what he's walking into and kind of has some of the tools and is ready to start training. So we talk, you know, nothing compared to what we're doing now, but we talk little bits about the mental program involved in getting through training like that or the the right mindset, the right habits and so on. And uh, then we give them like a little workout and we say, hey, all right, so right now you're feeling a little sorry for yourself. You know, you're starting to question, do I really even want to be out here? That's okay. You know, here's some tools to get through that. Uh, What we ended up having was a lot of um, college coaches and high school coaches would hit us up again and say, hey, would you come back or can we bring guys out there? And we say, yeah, you know, sure. Why not? Right. Uh, When we had a pro coach hit us up and I can't say who, but we had a, a pro coach call out to the, uh, the recruiting director there and say, Hey, we're going to be in town. Can I bring the team by? And the Navy says, well, no, we can't, we don't get a return on that investment. Cause who's going to quit a pro athletic career to come join the Navy. Right. But at that point we said, well, Hey, maybe, uh, maybe this is something we look into. So we, um, this was probably eight years ago that we first had this idea and we've had this up and running in some form for about seven years now, a little under seven years. And you've worked in hockey, baseball, football, basketball, cycling. Uh, any, yeah, any yeah, we've ones? worked a, a ton of uh, a ton of sports. Um, That's so cool. Uh, field hockey, uh, <laughs> uh, field hockey, volleyball, softball, obviously baseball, football, basketball, hockey. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. That's pro the, cycling, uh, it, just all kinds of stuff. Really, anything where it's going to come down to can I suck it up longer than my competition? Nice, nice. And being able to be calm in the storm, 
of everything going around. Yeah. I think that's a huge importance that gets overlooked. And I know the coach very well that brought you in for the NBA, and I know he's he's top level when it comes to anything that's going to help his players succeed and develop. So oh, yeah. I know how valuable you guys are. How do you see it with these athletes and in, in this the uh, the importance that it is to them personally being able to learn these life skills and just seeing them succeed? Like you see them all on the court, they're like, okay, I know that this work helped them. Like how how do you how do you see that impact on the top athletes that you work with? Well, I think what uh, what a lot of people have to remember looking at looking at pro athletes. I mean, we tend to look at these people almost like they're comic book characters, you know, like they they don't do anything besides, you know, say basketball. You know, the guy goes, plays basketball and then you put him back in a cryo chamber or something and then he pops out again and plays (laughs) basketball. It's not like that. These are real people. You know, they're uh, they're real people. They're normal people. Uh, And honestly, a lot of these guys are really, really young guys. And, and you know how, you know, young yeah, guys are young sure. guys anywhere, but these are guys that have been, you know, you don't even go get to live normal life. You're focused on this day in and day out. So a lot of things that even we take for granted, these, these guys don't have any idea about. So they haven't been the biggest fish in, in whatever pond they're mm-hmm. in. They've never really been in a spot where they get knocked down real good and like, okay, you got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Even while people are bad mouthing you on social media or something, like, hey, ignore that and get back to work. They don't understand how to do that sometimes. Uh, so, where we come in is we show up and we say, hey, look, I understand what it's like to be uncomfortable, to get knocked down, to feel like maybe you're wasting your time. This is how you can get back up. This is how you can get your head straight, get back in the game, and keep pressing on. And then we give them these tools and we take them out and then knock them down real good and go, okay, now get up, ready, go. And we see that sometimes, you know, in a game, we'll see where, where our client will fall behind or, you know, maybe there's a, a bad call and ref makes a bad call and you know, the effect that can have, you yep. know, guys are just, Oh, yep. <laughs> I'm wasting my time. You're just going to make me lose, you know? <laughs> so we, and when we see them go, okay, you know, kind of hit the reset button and all right, let's refocus get back on task and when we see that that's when we know okay we've we've made a little difference here guys the guys need that players need that people need that in all walks of life and especially with these young nba players is coming out like 18 19 years old they have the spotlight of millions of people watching them all that money thrown at them expectations there is so much that they have going on and we think they're superhuman superheroes, but you're right. They're just, they're, they're people and they need help with that. It's very important oh, work yeah. that you do, man. And I think it's an importance for these kids to these calling them kids, get, get out of their comfort zone. But for all of us, all people like the importance of getting out of your comfort zone and, and reaching a breaking point where your mind doesn't necessarily think you can go past it, but your mind and body can actually take much more than you really think. What do you, oh, absolutely. Yeah, t- talk to the audience about this because I know you're an absolute yeah. expert of getting out of your comfort zone and reaching a breaking <laughs> point. Well, it, kind of think of it this way. You know, um, the way people have, have evolved, and I say evolved like you know, I'm not talking about how monkeys turned into you or something. I mm-hmm. mean, like when I say evolved, like the way that people have developed to become the kind of person you see walking down the street now. You're always naturally looking for the most return for the least effort, like the most return right. for the least pain. Yep. Right? You're looking for the easy way. That's the natural way to do things. Um, 
But because now in modern society, we don't, you know, your chances of starving to death, unless you really mean to, like, probably you won't, you know, like America is like one of the, it's a place where you can still be obese, but still be in poverty, you know, so you're going to be fine, but your mind is not evolved in the sense that, Hey, I, I need to be the best at something. I need to really put out and push past what I feel like my limits are because your mind is still going to tell you like, Hey, you might starve to death if you're going to go this hard or, you know, this, we're starting to get down to the reserve part of the fuel tank here. You need to reel it in a little bit. So you're going to constantly have those signals going off. What you, what you have to consciously do, what we tell guys to do is look, man, that's just your brain. That's old programming. Just telling you that, Hey, you're almost out of gas or you might be in some trouble here. Like, think about where you are. Think mm-hmm. about, you know, I'm going to go get a burger after this. It's going to be fine. Or I'm going to go take a nap after this. You're okay. You know, you can go get into a warm shower after you get out of this cold water. You'll be all right. So just ignore those warning lights. Just turn that stuff off and just keep chopping. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think it really takes people like actually being able to experience too and then see, hey, yeah. I didn't die. I made it through it. it I, I can do more than I think it, it, that I think I can. So I think that experience too just gives them a lot more confidence in it also. Good point. Yeah. So, so even something as small as, you know, when we talk with, uh, you know, when we talk with like executives yeah. and we say, you know, like the thing in the teams is do something that sucks every day. You know, yeah. do something that's outside your comfort zone that maybe you don't quite want to do. And I start out with something as simple as like, hey, when we get done here, next time, you know, tonight or, or next week for some people, when you take a shower, uh, get in there, take a shower. But now just turn the cold up a little bit, <laughs> turn it up a little bit more and turn it up to a point where you're kind of like, the, OK, this is starting to hurt a little bit. I don't really like this so much, but just hang out for a little bit and kind of feel like be present in the moment. What's going on in your head? You know, the difference between where you just were and now that sense of. Oh my God, I got to do something. You know, you you don't really, all you got to do is step out, but just Hmm. be aware of that change that's going on in your mind and try to take a little control of that. Bill, I absolutely love that. Number one, I take cold showers every single morning and I've actually (laughs) grown to love them because they wake me up and get me going with my day. But I absolutely love the, the mindset of doing something that challenges you and gets you out of your comfort zone daily because that's that's the only way you can grow people that just stay in their little bubble they have no growth and i like to tell people like every quarter of a year do something that just absolutely scares you out of your mind whether it's going skydiving or diving with sharks or something crazy do something that's really going to scare you or go do a stand-up comedy routine something like that and that's i mean that's how you're going to go you're going to see that you don't die from it and yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, when you do stuff like that, it's like, uh, you could be walking around as the best polo player to ever walk the earth, but you don't know. Cause you never tried. You figure, well, that's just not for me, you know, but you got, Hey, I'm going to try this today. And then you, sometimes you try stuff out and you're like, Hey, I'm actually pretty good at this. Yeah, exactly. It might be something that you, yeah, yeah. You end up liking. Exactly. Yeah. Like cold showers. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and Bill, speaking of jumping out of our comfort zones, we're going to jump out of this podcast real quick to talk to you in, about today's sponsor. And if you want to jump out of your comfort zone and improve your life, check out our sponsor, Human, HVMN. What Human is is the premier human enhancement company, and they just came out with the first time ever ketone ester. Basically a way to make you feel like Iron Man. You have carbs, 
proteins, fats, and the fourth ketones and now we're able to get there with humans so the link will be in the show notes of how to get your discount uh, for your ketone ester or anything else they have in nootropics on their website i've tried them out tested them it's going to be coming to you more too with the athlete of the future we've been talking about all right let's jump back into the second half of the podcast with navy seal bill hart I don't think you're ready for this second half. Bill is going to take you through exactly what a Navy SEAL has to go through in training. And then you make your decision if you can make it. Here we go. Buckle up. Bill Hart coming at you. So, Bill, talk to me about just uh, your personal development, because we love having people on the Game of Life podcast that are all about developing themselves on a daily basis, growing on a daily basis. Talk to me about your mindset because mindset is one of the most important things in professional sports and life in general. And I know you have one of the toughest mindsets, 20 years as a Navy SEAL. How have you developed your mindset? And what are things that you do daily to always keep improving and becoming the best version of yourself that you can be? Uh, I try to do a lot of things. You know, I mean, something that I, that I, well, a lot of guys realize in the teams is that you can't, one, you can't be good at everything, especially, you know, as it's as a SEAL team guy, you know, you it's SEAL, sea, air, land, you know, but we, we do everything, you know, and it's it's like, hey, as soon as you get good at this, it means you're slipping at that over there and you go to get good at that. But it means you're slipping at all these other things. It's all perishable skills. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, for me, it's it's a constant kind of uh, all right, man, where do I need to focus? Where do I need to improve? And, and just kind of keeping that keeping that effort going, keep pushing. Uh, to try to get better, whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, do you have any little life pers- hacks that you do? Yeah, life hacks personally that you do on a daily basis? Because I'm going to steal them. Like, I'm asking this selfishly <laughs> for myself. Like, I want to be you, man. <laughs> you don't want to be me, man. <laughs> no, I do. I seriously do. Yeah. It's like the coolest, you have the uh, coolest well, so, stories. I mean, there's, there's kind of a couple things, uh, a couple things in terms of life hacks. Uh, probably one of the biggest ones for me is just go do it now. Nice. I mean, whatever it is you're thinking of, if it's, I got to get to the store or I want to start college or whatever, I want to ask out that girl in accounting, whatever it is, go do it now. Or even if it's not, you know, step right up, wade right in, take a step, do something because everybody's got a good idea, man, but it's what you do when you get out of the shower, you know, like, I got this idea. Okay. But are you doing anything? Yep. Ideas are worthless until you take action to it. I love that, yeah. man. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh and uh the other is uh I just saw the other day it was uh it was a Bruce Lee something that Bruce Lee had come up with that it, that sometimes the trick is is not to do more but to do less. Like get rid of the things that are useless. So I mean, how many things do you do that serve no purpose? Like how much How much TV do you watch? How much staring at the ceiling? How much staring at your phone that you could go? I don't have any time. You got lots of time, man. Just put the phone down a little bit. Right. Be efficient with it. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do with everything that I do. How can I become more efficient? And with all that you do, man, what are you what are some of your tricks that you do that that help you become the most efficient possible? Oh, man, the the doing less thing is I mean, it's. It's like, uh, I mean, to me, you got to realize, and I think this is something with when you see somebody that has a hoarding issue, you know, the thing like you see on a Lifetime channel where people have got like a whole yard full of stuff. Right. And they go, you know, what are you going to do with this dresser? Oh, I can refinish that, you know, and I could sell it. And and, hey, don't touch that car because I could fix that up and I could sell it. 
But, you know, you look at that and you go, well, that's ridiculous. But in a lot of ways, people will do the same thing. Like you've only got so many hours in your day. You've only got so many days in your life. How are you going to spend them? So you could say, well, there's no way you could refinish that dresser and do that car and fix this house and mow this lawn. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but now look at your life. Like you've got this, 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 and this that you want to do. But if you've got a job that you hate that you're dumping 60, 70 hours a week into, it's great. how are you going to ever get to the things that you really want to do? Like maybe maybe it's time to reprioritize. Re, uh, like do a little less. Focus a little more on these other things. Economize. I love that, man. That's essentialism to a T. Having a passion, yeah. following your passion, and having essentialism for what's important. It's great. It's yeah. Great. Okay, but I'm throwing you on the rapid fire hot seat. So whatever comes to your mind, it can be quick, short answers, whatever you want. Just I'm firing them at you. What right, is what is a motto that you live by? Motto that I live by? Uh, I got a couple. I mean, when we talk to clients, we always say, hey, I talk to you in bumper stickers because, you know, when your head's yes. spinning and you're, you've got things going, it's always it's going to be that bumper sticker. Yep. If anything, it's not going to be a whole talk. Um so one that, uh, you know, in day-to-day life, one that I always stuck to is a, is a Latin thing, and it's Deus Fortioribus Adese, and it means the gods favor the strong. So nice. if you're, you know, like they say, if you look around the around the poker table and you don't know who the sucker is, then the sucker is you. <laughs> so it's like, hey, you walk into a situation like, is this a situation I could do? Am I going to come out ahead? Am I going to fall behind? Are you stronger here? So, you know, if you want things to go your way, you need to work towards being stronger. Um, and the other one that really that I say almost daily to, to myself or to other people is nobody cares how hard you tried. Yeah, they yeah, care what you yeah. got. done. Yep. yep. Love it, man. How about the best advice you have ever gotten? Oh, uh, man. Um, well, when I was uh, when I was a brand new guy uh, in a SEAL platoon, uh, it doesn't happen so much anymore, but I mean, the, the hazing thing, you know, that, that, that it goes on a little bit and sometimes it's mm-hmm. funny, ha ha. And sometimes it's what you would call corrective, you know? And, yeah. and hey, I don't mind saying when I was a new guy, I did need some correction, but I got corrected real good once. And, uh, one of the guys that I was working for says, Hey, look, man, it, you know, this isn't just for fun because uh, a chain is only strong as the weakest link and you got to make sure you're never the weak link. And well, all right, you know, because people are dependent on me and, you know, if I'm dependent on them and they put out hard, okay, cool. But if they depend on me and I fail, then what kind of a teammate am I? Who wants me around? That's the, that's the ultimate advice for a team not being the weak link. And I can see how that comes into play of being a Navy SEAL for sure. Absolutely. That's a great one, man. This is the one I love to ask everyone that comes on the podcast. Very interesting answers that I've got on this. If you could invite three people, dead or alive, to a dinner party, who would it be? Uh, I've uh, I've heard this one before, and uh, nice. I know. Uh, so I know most people. You know, they give you the the answers, and it's like I, I want to have dinner with Jesus. I want to have dinner yeah. with Isaac Newton. I I kind of want to have dinner with with people. I'm going to have a good time having dinner with. Yeah. You know, also like I want a chance to pick some people's brains. So kind of a kind of a thing like this hang up I have is for you ever see like uh, these National Geographic shows about monolithic structures like like the pyramids or giant things or like how did this get built? I have no idea. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Yep. 
So there's one in Florida called Coral Castle, and there's like this little Latvian guy named Ed Leedskalnen that built this giant thing by himself, and nobody knows how he did it. So that's one guy because I want to, if nothing else, get this guy liquored up and like, hey, how'd you do it, man? (laughs) Spill the beans. Coral Castle. I've never heard of that. I got to check that out in Florida. It's a trip, man. It's like these these giant rocks and it's just this little dude. Like, how did you get this stuff moved around? Somehow he did it. And I want to know. Okay, um, I'm, I'm, I'm checking that out too. I'll be I'll be at the dinner with you. I'll serve the dinner just so I can hear these conversations. Done and done. <laughs> <laughs> Who else you got? Uh, let's see. So that's one, and then uh, another one. Uh, I found out while well, my kid was doing a, a a genealogy project in one of his classes, and like I didn't really know that much about our family history. So I did one of these these DNA things, and then look at a bunch of these websites, and then I find out that like my our family personal, you know, history goes back to like England and then back to Scandinavia. So like the whole Viking situation. So there's a guy, uh, Ragnar Lothbrook and they've got him like on the show on the history channel. Like Mm -hmm. they've got a kind of a version of him, but this was a guy that, um, was instrumental in like, Hey, this is how we're going to navigate open water. And this is how we're going to facilitate these invasions. So like people don't know that like at one time, the whole East coast of England was under Danish rule. Damn. It was, yeah, so it was like basically a shakedown, like, hey, we're taking this from you. So I'd like to talk to that guy and, you know, get some uh, – how'd you do it, man? Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's – you're, 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 yeah, your party is is very diverse and very interesting. So are, are you a Viking then? You have Viking blood in you? Apparently so, yeah. Oh and I'll tell you what – I'll tell you a funny story. Before I knew any of that stuff, like before I'd ever done any of this, we were in Iraq – and we did this thing where there's there's actually a big lake right there between uh, between Fallujah and Ramadi, like the little desert town. There's a lake out there, and we had boats out there, and we went across this. You know, we go up and down the river, but we go across mm-hmm. this lake because we're looking for some guy. You know, I don't know Carlos the Jackal or whatever. And uh, we get over there, and what these guys will do sometimes is they'd have like Al Qaeda rent you know, where they go and they'll drop a car off at a house and, you know, another guy will come and pick it up and he'll go and drive around and do whatever he needs to do. So they're all, you know, stolen or appropriated cars. So there's no paperwork on them. And when we start seeing this and we see like, okay, there's a guy, you know, here's Joe bad guy, Carlos, the Jackal, and here's a car that's not attached to anybody with no paperwork on it. Like, well, then this is an instrumental vehicle in um, carrying out attacks. So we're just going to burn your car down. So uh, we're looking for this guy. It turns into us looking for two or three guys. So we're at a couple different houses. Um, we find a couple different cars. So we're walking these guys back to this boat to go back across the river and drop them off at the detention facility. We got – there's like cars burning. I think one house caught on fire, which is yeah. funny in its own way. Yeah. But, we, <laughs> but there's there's – Cars are burning. Women and children are screaming. I'm pushing this guy up into the boat. I'm standing in waist deep water, and I kind of feel like like there's like a hand on my shoulder, you know, like hey, it's a good time, right? <laughs> like, it's, just, it's, it's a Kodak moment. Man, that's unbelievable. If you could be present in the moment and calm in that type of moment, yeah, oh my gosh, that it is. Was a, it was a good time. That, yeah, yeah, a, g- a good time. I guess it's it's all perspective, but yes, okay. <laughs> hey, and you being a Viking too just is adds to your cool points. Navy SEAL, <laughs> Viking, like you got to be the baddest dude that that walks the planet. That's crazy. Who else you got coming to this dinner party? So last one, uh, last one, Vladimir Putin. Nice. 
he seems like he'd be good for a party, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, if he's a he's leading his country and he's riding around with a shirt off on a horse and I mean, yeah, I exactly. mean style yeah. points. Yeah, I, I, how do you do it all? You know? Yeah, uh, I know his boy Prokhorov, Mikhail Prokhorov, and he's a great guy. So, oh yeah, interesting guy. Yeah, he was with the Nets. That's who was owner of the Nets when I was out there. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm sure Putin's pretty interesting too. So what are you guys eating at this meal, by the way? Oh, uh, well, I think there's probably just some cooked meats, uh, the occasional fruit, and and uh, something uh, something with some proof in it in the good one liter <laughs> size glasses. You know, Putin's taking something it to all. take the edge off. There you go. Uh, hey, what is the hardest, the most challenging? training navy seal training that you have ever done if you could put if you could say one thing that comes to your mind that you're like man i never ever want to do that again oh man uh the small boat stuff man i mean the the riding around in the small boats it's just you know you could say like uh, you know fast roping out of helicopters or the explosives that stuff's actually pretty cool and it's you know everybody knows it's dangerous and be careful and you go and you do the thing no big deal but when it's going to be like, hey, you're going to get in this little boat and you're going to ride like a, a whole bunch of miles up the coast or over here, and then you're going to get in the water and swim in. Everybody, I think everybody I know is like, man, this is just going to hurt. Oh, you, just, you just sit out there in that boat. So if you you can imagine it, like if you sit like on the edge of your couch or you sit on the edge of your chair or something, where you don't really have any back support, but now just like bounce up and down, and that stress on your back is just hours and hours and hours man i can't yeah now you're gonna get in the cold water so so enjoy yeah i i can't even imagine i'll I'll take your answer for it and uh just your stories for it instead of going through it myself how about in a nutshell advice if you were going to give a, a kid who wants to be a navy seal who aspires aspires to be like you what advice would you give them oh i mean uh well, I mean, I'd say this, uh, probably, I probably never felt as bad for somebody as, as when I get over you know, when I got over to like Iraq or Afghanistan and I see some of these poor kids that yeah. like they, they came in to get college money, man. And now you're, now you're in Iraq and it's getting weird. You know, I mean, you, you know, like you're out of your element, you know, for sure. so it's definitely like a, a goldfish in the piranha bowl. And, you know, you got you, you can only feel bad for these guys. Um, so, I mean, in that sense, I would say, look, man, this and it's like they say in training, this job is not for everybody. So there are some people that are suited to this kind of thing. And there are some people that are not. It's just not for you. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I mean, you know, I don't know. Doing a doing a day to day nine to five job is not for me. I would lose my mind trying to do that. Same here. Yep. Yeah. So same way like if it's not for you and you even if you show up and you're like dude this i just don't fit in here it's okay you know go and find your spot someplace but uh you know for guys that you know even for guys that do kind of fit that profile that are good with that kind of work and that kind of lifestyle i would still say you know especially in the environment the way that the country is becoming the way the world's becoming I'd have to say, like, look, man, you gotta, you, you can be good at this job. That's fine, but think about who you're doing it for and who you're doing it to. Good point. You no, know, because I got out there, and and really, your job as a team guy is like, you go out there and you do what you're told. They tell you go find, you know, Carlos the Jackal, 
bring him in here. It doesn't matter. You know, it can't matter to you that he didn't really do it or he's just defending his country the same way you're defending yours or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. You go and you do it. Uh, yeah. So it's it, you got to decide, like, is chasing this guy around worth the chance that my wife becomes a widow or my kids become, you know, orphans? They're, they're minus a dad. Man, yeah, we we talk about, I mean, sports and, and professional basketball. And, and at the end of the day, that's just a game. But everything that you have done and and the mentorship that you give younger kids and and just being a leader to all the seals that that you've developed like that's that's life and death situations and that's that's just you, you making the world a better place and I'm so like so grateful for all that you have done man and you and you hit it the nail on the head like it's it's for some people it's it's not for some people and very blessed and, and thankful to have guys like you that take on that challenge and be a leader and then continue to give back like you're doing through the Acumen Performance Group giving back to athletes giving back to business people giving back to every walk of life and just how people can develop a stronger mindset because I, I would say if people take anything away from this podcast is hey you can do more than you think you can like you there's there's get out of your comfort zone find a breaking point develop a mindset that makes you improve yourself daily so i think your oh, impact yeah. your impact on everyone just every walk of life is just just really really cool to see and we'll bust Blessed to have you on this podcast and blessed to have you as a friend for sure, man. I would love to get you with, have you come and be part of my team that I um, develop player, develop NBA players with, whether it's uh, a mental skills coach on my team, a high-level nutritionist, and then having you on the team as well. That's, I mean, it's just, you have a ton of value that you bring, man. Thank you for, thank you for sharing all this with the, with the Game of Life podcast audience. No worries, man. My pleasure. Do you have anything, uh, any any foundations, any causes that uh, we can get behind and we can support? Um, yeah, man. I uh, I actually had a chance to just go out and do a gig with uh, an organization called Seal Future Fund, and this is for uh, guys that are transitioning out of uh, out of the Seal teams, out of the special operations communities. Um, awesome. And it would it would uh, it would seem like you know you, you, people really do think of. The SEAL teams is like, man, you've got your act together. You know, you you go and you do this career and probably you just step out and you step right into something really cool. But honestly, it's like uh, guys get out and you pretty much spent your whole life like somebody says, hey, go do this. And you just go do it. And you come back, they tell you to go do something else. But now you get out and it's like nobody's going to tell you anything, man. You're on your own. And sometimes you walk into a place and say, Hey, could I have a job? And they're like, no, I don't know anything about what you are or what you're good at or, and I don't want you beating up my other employees. So no. So it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to find your spot. For sure. Okay. That's yeah. We'll link to that in the show notes too, how to support that. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, you guys do all this amazing good for everybody in humanity and then getting back into the quote-unquote real life i mean that's they they need help with that so yeah we'll definitely link to that and support that okay i got one more question before you get rolling i'm a i'm an adrenaline junkie so i'm gonna come (laughs) down there and get i'm gonna go through some of the training with you what what thing are you gonna put me through what adrenaline junkie thing can we do oh dude i don't know uh well, I mean, I live a couple blocks from the beach, so I mean, we could go do a little. We could go do a little swim out there in the big blue ocean. Hey, you know what we could do is we could go oh, yeah. do a swim at night. Okay, that's 
that's good and good for you. Okay. <laughs> Night swim it is. Yeah, just just crush me, man. Crush me. Don't kill me, but crush me and, <laughs> and get me out of my comfort zone. Yeah, night ocean swim. I mean, it's the same ocean as in the daytime. It's just it just seems a whole lot bigger and a whole lot meaner when it's dark out. Yeah, and you think sharks are right around you every every turn. Yeah, or um, you know, if we get tired of that, there's a there's a there's a couple of jujitsu gyms like right. Just there's a lot of that down here in San Diego. But I started doing that because I mean, you know, my knees and back are trash. Like, why not trash my shoulders too? <laughs> might as well to even it out all right okay yeah. we're, we're going jujitsu the night swim and we'll uh figure out some some great food to eat at night some great crazy viking meat or something like that nice done and done all right bill thank <laughs> you man so much it's a lot of fun having you on man appreciate your time big time all right okay we'll talk to you soon bill bill hart absolutely bringing it this week on the game of life podcasts and now you know if you have what it takes to become a navy seal and i'm gonna go train with bill i'll let you know how it goes after i do if i'm still alive and survive the training and the cool thing is we can all take the advice that bill gave us today and apply it to our daily lives step out of your comfort zone make a difference in someone else's lives and if you have a dream Go, follow it, start it today, do something. Don't talk about the idea. Get out there and do it. You can do it. Have your passion, follow it, make it happen. Thank you, Bill Hart, making the world a better place. Appreciate you. And now it's time for the three pointers of the week. How I'm improving my life each week. And I'd love to have you guys join me on this journey. The first three pointer, the book that I am reading this week is called Grit by Angela Duckworth. The Power of Passion and Perseverance. Actually, a recommendation to me directly from Brad Stevens. Basically, what it's about is not about having to be gifted to succeed, but having the drive and the passion and willing to have grit on a daily basis. Very motivational read. I highly recommend it. Three pointer of the week number two, the life hack that I am testing All right, so I know you might not be able to get one of these in your own home, but you can check it out. It's a virtual float tank. This is coming from Bulletproof Labs. Like I was telling you about, we're putting together the athlete of the future. Big things coming soon. I'll keep you posted. What a virtual float tank is, it is a sensory deprivation basically without getting wet. The virtual float tank drops your brain into a meditative theta wave state, providing deep relaxation and clarity of thought. It also promotes creativity and hits the reset button on your neurotransmitters. I came out of there feeling really at peace and at ease, and it's it's great. When I jump back into L.A. traffic and it's going a million miles per hour, I was really relaxed. So if, if you can, check it out, look it up online, see if you can get to one in your area. In the final three-pointer of the week, the NBA behind-the-scenes info. So a big deal right now at the start of the season has been Lonzo Ball's shooting percentage. And I worked with him last year at UCLA, and I've been getting a lot of questions from NBA people. Is he going to be a great shooter? How's he work on it? And here's the, here's the point. Lonzo is definitely going to be a great shooter. He's the smartest player I've ever seen at his age. And I've worked with over 100 NBA players. So saying that, I know he's going to figure it out. And he will. And with his shot, it's all about compacting his shot a little bit. Like He's a left-eye dominant shooter, so if you bring him all the way over to the right to look like a Clay Thompson, it's going to affect him. And he does get his hand underneath the ball and his two control fingers, pointer and middle finger, finishing directly in the hoop. 
Now it's about him just taking his highest level shots and making sure he stays on balance all the time. But he's going to figure it out as he does everything else in his game. And he's going to be an NBA all-star multiple years for many, many years to come. Thank you very much for joining the Game of Life podcast. Everything will be linked in the show notes. And if you want to leave a review, that would be awesome. iTunes five-star review, please send over questions, thoughts, comments, David Nurse 5 on Twitter. Anything you got, I want to know. Let's keep growing together, Game of Lifers. Preview for next week. We're going to have an NBA assistant GM who helped create the best culture and one of the best teams ever to play in the NBA. That's all coming at you next week on the Game of Life podcast. Until then, have a great week. And remember, life's a journey. Enjoy it. David Nurse, Game of Life, signing off.